Give me that dresser out there. Crazy, a little crazy. So can't stop, won't stop falling into you. My God, oh my God. Good morning. Well, we welcome you again to Andover Christian Church as our new world, changed world, continues. We're glad to have you here with us, and we're glad to be able to offer this service to you wherever you're seated. Uh, as you can see, if you watched last week and if you normally attend here, the stage is a little bit different in front of you. Uh, we've reconfigured that more to fit the size of a TV screen, since that is the new reality. Uh, we again are streaming this service uh, both from the website but also on Facebook and the YouTube channel for the church. Uh, some people last week had better results on one or the other, so if you're having problems, try one of the other sources. Um, and we also have, if you look on the website, we now have our connections card in an electronic format, and we would ask you to please fill it out. Let us know you're watching. But there's also places there for prayer requests, and if you need help or if you would like to help others. Uh, let us know by using that eConnect card. Um, our care network is up and set up. Um, we have over 150 families who call this their church home, and everyone is now linked with an elder, minister, shepherd, and they'll be in touch with you, and as you get to know who your shepherd is, be in touch with them. We want to make sure everybody feels connected and cared for during this time, and that's why we've set that up. A lot of you have asked about how can we help. And um, a lot of us feel that way, and if you feel that way, we have created several different avenues for you to get involved. Um, we have a helping hands team were created. If somebody needs some help, maybe it's to go get groceries, uh, maybe it's something's broken around the house they can't fix, just wherever they might need help. Obviously doing it in appropriate distance ways with safety precautions, but we can still help. And so if you'd like to be on that team, we already have the prayer chain for praying for people. Um, we're also creating a tech help team. Um, if you're good with just where somebody, you can call somebody and help them stream the worship service or set up with email, that's not easy for everybody, and we just want to offer help for that. So that may be something else. If you go to iConnect and search for groups, um, that's where you can say, hey, add me to that group, Okay. Um, one thing you can do, and that is just help us stay connected with everyone. Um, call other people, contact other people, make sure we stay in good communication. 
If we have your email address, you should have gotten our weekly newsletter, which is really our bulletin, but now designed for online worship. And we want to send that out every Friday with news of what's coming up, what we're doing. But we have to have your email address, which is part of why iConnect has become so important in this time. So make sure we have your profile, your, your email address. It would be helpful to have your cell number. Um, and if you don't know how to set that up, just contact the church office and we'll help you set that up. Um, one thing we want to let you know with the governor's guidance and um, being safe, we ha are reducing the office hours as of this week. So somebody will be here in the office Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 9 to 1. Uh, the ministers will be working remotely, but obviously email is working. Um, the office phones will be checked every day. Um, so you can still get a hold of people, but we wanted to let you know if you want to drop off things here at church, uh, food needs different things, it's Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 9 to 1 is when the, somebody will be here each week. Okay? Um, also, just a reminder about online giving. Um, that is how we now or mailing in a check. God is being faithful to us, and we want to continue to honor him with our gifts, and we would urge you to do that and let him know you are grat grateful to him. Um, lastly, we will be taking communion as we do every week here at Andover Christian, and so you might want to think about having something handy. We do have uh, transportable, portable communion cups. You can stop and pick them up. On those days the office are open, we're happy to have those for you. But you can also use a cracker and some juice or some bread and juice. And just be ready for that when it comes time for our worship. And with that, that's what we want to do. We want to move ahead into our worship. And uh, don't just watch the TV. Use this as a time to give your worship to God as we sing. Uh, good morning. I was going to say it's nice to see you, but maybe it's better to say it's good to be seen this morning. Um, I'm going to ask you to, to join us in singing, and uh, I'm going to ask you to, if you want to, you can even stand and, and worship with us this morning.
Our scripture today is from 2 Samuel 22. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock, in whom I take refuge. My shield and the horn of my salvation. He is my stronghold, my refuge, and my savior. Almighty God, you're the creator of heaven and earth. And Father, it's times like these that we need reminded of who you are. It's times like these when we typically look to the medical professionals for help. Times like this that we typically look to um, Washington or politicians for answers. And Father, it's times like this that we often rely on our own self-reliance. But Father, remind us, as your word says, I look to the hills. 
Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And Father, we need reminded of that at times like this. And Father, uh, it's times like this that we gather together and we remember your promises. Your promise that you will never leave us or forsake us. Your promise that all things work together for the good of those who love you and are called according to your purpose. And Father, we gathered together this morning, whether it's here or in cyberspace on our computers and our living rooms, to worship you, to praise you, because Father, you deserve our worship and our praise. And this is our prayer. Amen. Whether it feels like it or not, we are entering the Easter season, and next Sunday is Palm Sunday. And as we approach Easter, the, the cross looms ever bigger as we think about the sacrifice of Christ and what he did for us. And that's something that we can draw comfort from in the sense of the message it sends us of the price God was willing to pay because we needed saving. And whatever we face now does not compare with the, the danger, the terminal illness of sin. And yet, Peter says, For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from your empty way of life, handed down to you by your forefathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish 
or defect. There is so much reassurance in that fact, and I want you to hold on to that this day, this week. Circumstances may challenge us at times, but we need to hold on to that reminder that we are so important to God. He was willing to pay with the blood of his one son, a precious lamb, for you, for me, for each of us. That's how important we are to God. And as Paul says, we never need to doubt he will never stop loving us. So wherever you are today, as you take that communion emblem and that juice, Jesus is there with you. He's promised that. May this be a time for us to thank him for the sacrifice he made to redeem us with his own precious blood. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you loved us so much you were willing to give your one and only son to save us. Jesus, thank you for the suffering, the pain, the terrible death you were willing to endure because you wanted to save us. As we take communion today, may the message of the depth and, and width and height of your love give us peace and hope in whatever we're facing in life right now. In your son's name, amen. It would be this point in our service where we give our offerings and tithes, and, uh, and that is part of our worship, and we do that um, with joy and with thankfulness in our hearts. And uh, so we're going to ask you to join us in singing as we uh, make this a time of worship and uh, as we give our offerings and tithes.
Well, hopefully you're seeing on your screen a very fun optical illusion. I hope in some ways you haven't seen it before, although I know a lot of you have. The question is, depending on how you look at that, you may see a very old lady or you may, may see a very young woman dressed up. Visual illusions are pretty interesting because if you don't see it, you don't see it. And you can look and look and look and say, there's no way that's who's there. And then when somebody points out to you the nose of the old woman or the feather and the eyelash of the young lady looking that way, suddenly you see it. How do we miss the obvious? That's what we want to talk about today. We look at Jesus and we see him as obvious. How could you not get Jesus? And yet the reality is that there were people who didn't get Jesus. And we want to look at one of those people today, somebody who didn't get Jesus. We all know the story. It was Thursday night. They had celebrated the Passover meal together. Jesus had washed their feet. He had had this deep, moving, long prayer for his disciples. And then they had all left the city of Jerusalem together and had gone out to an olive grove. We call it Gethsemane. It was one of Jesus' favorite places to get away and pray. And he was in agony. He knew the pain that was awaiting him. And, and he prays and talks to God. And then the mob comes. And that's where we see this man who didn't get Jesus. We know his name, Judas. And somewhere in that mob, he comes with them, the soldiers, the crowd, torches, swords. And he comes up to Jesus and says, Master, and then he kisses him on the cheek. And that is the prearranged signal so that the mob will know who they are to grab and arrest, and they do. And ever since that time, we look at Judas and we just say, how did he miss the obvious? How did he not get Jesus? And there's no hint that he'd stood out in some way as a, a doubter or somebody who didn't get Jesus. During that meal, the Passover meal, at one point Jesus says, one of you will betray me. And everyone there except Judas says, oh, could it be me? And nobody says, oh, it's probably Judas. We have no hint of that. And yet Judas is the one who did it. He is the one who handed Jesus over to be crucified. I'd like to take a few minutes right now to think about why did Jesus do that? Why did Judas, sorry, why did Judas do that? We, we don't know for certain. And for 2,000 years, different people have produced different theories. One of the ideas is that there was greed, that Judas wanted the money. And we see a clue for this because over in John 12, 6, when Mary pours the expensive perfume on Jesus' feet, we read John writes about Judas, that Judas complained and said, oh, that, that we wasted that perfume we should have sold it. Then John says, he did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. As keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. So there's some evidence that at least John thought, well, he is greedy. He likes money. He needs more money. And then over in Matthew 26, we are given this detail of Judas' negotiations with the Jewish leadership. Verse 14 through 16, Then one of the twelve, the one called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and asked, What are you willing to give me? What are you willing to pay if I deliver Jesus over to you? So they counted out for him 30 pieces of silver, and from then on Judas watched for an opportunity to hand Jesus over. So, maybe it was greed. There's one problem with that, and that is if it was just greed, then when Christ died, Judas would have taken the money and gone on about his business. 
But we know that in fact what Jesus did is that he went back to the priests and tried to give the money back. And of course they wouldn't take it and he threw it at their feet and left it there. So greed? Yeah, maybe. There's another popular theory. And that is that Judas actually did believe in Jesus. But he was frustrated because Jesus was not acting like the Messiah everybody expected and that everybody wanted. They wanted Jesus to be this powerful uh, ruler, this mighty leader who would, who would come and just straighten out Israel and defeat the Romans. And Jesus wasn't doing that. He was being a, a humble servant. And maybe Judas thought he could force Jesus to, be ex uh, to show his power. And that if Jesus was handed over and imprisoned and captured, that would force Jesus to rise up, show his power, and become the mighty king Judas wanted him to be. Well, that's an interesting theory. That sort of fits with the scenario that when Judas finds out what has happened after Jesus has died, he goes out and hangs himself. He was so remorseful with the actual outcome of his actions that he took his own life. It sort of gives Judas the benefit of the doubt. The only problem with this theory is that there's nothing in Scripture that supports it. There is one final explanation for what Judas did, and not just what Judas did, the why of what Judas did. And that's the one that actually probably has the support of Scripture. Why did Judas do it? Because he was tricked by Satan. And he believed what Satan whispered in his ear, and he didn't resist that temptation. He fell into Satan's trap. Over in John 13, 2, as that evening meal was in progress, the Passover meal, the upper room, and as Jesus says, one of you is going to betray me, John points out the evening meal was in progress and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Satan had already prompted Judas. We call that a temptation. When Satan places a thought into Judas' head and says, Judas, you should do this. Judas, this would be a good idea. Judas, it might help you or it might help somebody else. This is the right thing to do. Satan whispered that. He prompted Judas into that line of thinking. <clears throat> and never forget, how Scripture clearly describes for us that Satan is the father of all lies. That when Satan speaks in lies, he does that because it is his native language. And one of the things he tries to do is to blind our thinking, make our brains foggy, so we believe what is not true and view it as true. And that if we don't resist his lies if we don't see them for the temptation they are, that that thinking can grow in us and we become convinced along with Satan, this is what I should do. So we read later in John 13, as soon as Judas took the bread from the hand of Jesus, Satan entered into him. And so Jesus looked at him and said, what you are about to do, do quickly. It struck me as I read that again in studying for this sermon. Who is the you in Jesus' sentence? Is it Judas? Or is it Satan? Or is it both? It wasn't that Satan took over Judas it was that Judas listened and opened the door so that Satan could come in. And out of that, Judas does the unthinkable. He doesn't see who Jesus is. He is blinded to what he's doing. He makes his plans. He finds Jesus in the garden and he kisses him. And we know the results. 
It's part of the Easter story. But it's more than just an interesting story, and that's why I wanted to talk about it today. I admit to you I've never preached a sermon on Judas. And I had this long schedule before the coronavirus or anything else. But you see, I think the story of Judas is worth us looking at today because it also serves as a warning to us. We need that warning label that says danger. Because the reality is that same Satan is still alive today and just as much as he prompted Judas to do the unthinkable, he daily prompts us puts temptations in front of us, puts thinking in our heads that is not right, but he says, oh, this is a good idea. Peter warns us in 1 Peter 5, 8, be alert, be alert, and be sober-minded. Take this seriously. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. That same Satan that tempted and trapped and tripped Judas is trying to do that to us. Looking for an opportunity, looking for anyone that will listen to his whispering. And he tempts us just like he did Judas. And if we don't resist, we would all say, well, I would never do that. But isn't that what everyone says who wakes up like Judas and says, how could I have missed that? How could I have done that? What's obvious, we can miss. If you were a part of the Connor family for very long in the household, I am uh, notorious for missing the obvious. In movies, in TV, in situations, everybody else gets it. And I'm like, what? What? And they're like, Dad. Dad you, Dad, you can't see that? And then when somebody points it out, it's like, oh, yeah, I guess, sorry. And I'm always embarrassed, like, well, dummy, it was right there. The problem is that's what happens with Satan. He puts some idea in front of us, some opportunity, some decision, some person, something on the Internet, whatever it might be. And if we're not careful, we miss the obvious. And we can be just as susceptible as Judas was. We need to see that bigger picture of the reality of Satan out there and how he can trick up, trip up any one of us. Paul warns this in Ephesians 6.12. Our struggles, our struggles right now in this life are not just about flesh and blood, other people, humans. Our struggles are really against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. That's that lion and his fallen angels and his demons, and they are around us. And they're trying to trip us up, te tempt us, tell us lies and encourage us that it, it's the right thing to do. There's more that is going on in this world than just the obvious first thing we see. Just like looking at that drawing and say, there's not just an old lady there, there's a young lady there. And once we see it, it's like, oh. And both Peter and Paul are trying to tell us out of their own life experiences you need to wake up because there's more that's going on here than just that which is obvious. The good news in all of this is that obviously not only is evil there at work, but so is God. So are His forces, His angels. And that's the challenge for us. Even as we live today in our current world with a pandemic and all kinds of challenges and difficulties, there are negatives that come at us. 
family or friends are in the hospital as this church has people in intensive care with coronavirus. And deaths come as we have two of our families lose their fathers this week. Those difficulties come to us. But in those difficulties, there is also Satan. And he's whispering things in our ears and saying, this is the right thing, or you should do this, or try this. And we need to be wise. And we need to see that bigger picture and to ask ourselves, God, what are you doing here? What are you wanting us to see? We need to see through the lies of Satan, the selfishness that Satan urges on us, the hopelessness that he hopes descends upon us, and realize that God is at work. And that God may be wanting to use us. It's not just about our own fear or anxiousness or pain, but there may be people around us to see that different perspective and how might God want to use us. There's a wonderful example in the Old Testament of somebody we also need to look at today. And I want to close with her story. Her name is Esther. She is a Jew, part of Israel, and they are in captivity. They're in Persia. They're basically slaves at the will of the Persians. And the king of Persia needs a new wife, and so his people are sent out to find the fairest in the land, and Esther, this poor Jewish girl, is caught in that net. And she's depressed, she's scared, she's worried. She focuses on the evil of what's happening, the injustice, all the bad that's happening. And she's being raised by her uncle Mordecai. And, and <clears throat> Mordecai comes to her. And he says in Esther 4, Who knows but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. He challenges Esther to look beyond the difficulties in her life and to see that God may have brought her to that difficult place because He has a greater purpose to use her, and He does if you read the book of Esther. He uses that poor Jewish girl caught up in this bridal search for the king of a pagan country he uses her to save the entire nation of Israel. But she had to see her life from a, a different perspective. And I want us to be challenged by the mistakes of Judas to see our lives as they really are right now in this crazy time, but to see it from Esther and Mordecai's position. That whatever's going on around us, maybe God has put us here. Maybe God has put you at your workplace or your neighborhood or wherever you are. <clears throat> maybe God has put you there because of what He wants to do through you right now. Will you change your perspective and look at your life and your situation around you through the eyes of Esther? Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for your help because we realize we all can be tempted and believe Satan's lies and do wrong things and make terrible mistakes. But I thank you for your love for us and your help through your spirit to guide us. May we look to you, to your word. And in prayer, may you guide us to the truth and what is the right thing to do and help us to look at our world through Esther's eyes to see how you might want to use us right now in this terrible time. I pray this in your son's name. Amen.
Thank you for joining us. We hope that you've been blessed by your time with us this morning um, via uh, the online streaming. If you need help in any way, please uh, reach out and let us know, whether that's in the eConnect card or uh, calling one of the ministers, one of the elders. Uh, contact the church office. We want to be here for you to help you in this time. And I would ask you to continue to pray this week. Pray for each other in our church family. For those who are hurting and struggling, pray for our nation. Pray for all of the medical and emergency personnel as they are so overloaded. Uh, lift them up in prayer this week. Uh, remember, God is on his throne and he has not stopped loving us. Open your eyes and look for how he might want to use you as much as he used Esther this week. Have a great week in him. Mm -hmm.